The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm absolutely delighted to welcome back to the program Devra Laval, who has just completed her second book. The first book with it was a phenomenally uh, insightful book, which she expressed so well. And she's even taken on a bigger challenge with this particular book and has, and has done another phenomenal job, uh, Leap to Freedom. So welcome to the show, Deborah. Thank you, Peter. It's great to be back. I'd, uh, I'd love you to uh, just tell our listeners, because obviously not all of them were, were listening on our first show, um, just to tell us a little bit about your own uh, awakening, enlightening experience, which, which uh, led to a miraculous healing. Okay. Um, well, it started when I was 29 years of age. I had what they call a direct experience of truth. And prior to that, I had, uh, actually, my uterus had dissolved completely. So I searched out different uh, modalities to find ways that I could heal it. And in one particular meditation retreat, I experienced this direct experience. And in that direct experience, I experienced such a degree of oneness and light and love that it was beyond anything that we could ever imagine of the, in this world. And this is part of why I, I've written these books, because once you've experienced that kind of love, you can't go back. And after that experience of such divinity and such light and love, I even had my uterus that had dissolved grow back in you know a very short time. So it was quite a miracle. And from that point on... Uh, your life changes, and I studied with many masters, and and I basically have spent my whole life in search of truth and and teaching and and uh, and researching, as I've done a lot of in this last book. So this is actually a, a medically proven uh, reconstituting of your womb space. Yes, yes. Uh, what's really interesting about that, Deborah? A lot of people. Um, certainly in the spiritual realms who I consider to be very good at what they do have been saying that since the December 21st, 2012 date, we've been going through the 
cocoon phase of the metamorphosis into the butterfly and that we've actually been dissolving or should be dissolving all of those old belief patterns that you're talking about in this book. So it's fascinating that you actually went through the whole dissolving and reconstituting process physically within yourself in your sacred womb space, actually. Yes, yes, it was quite, uh, quite a metamorphosis. Yeah. So that led to the first book, The Magic Doorway into the Divine, which which was a, a phenomenal book, and you talked about that on a previous show, and all our shows are archived, so if you want to listen to that show with Devery, you can just go back. To, uh, my website actually uh, lists all of the shows, 220 shows now actually, by alphabetical order, so you can just go to D for Devra and listen to that show because it was a very profound book uh, f- for me personally on my journey and also the information for everybody that was in that. And and that book led to this book, I, I suppose, Deborah. And when we chatted uh, earlier about the show today, you, you actually said that you were commanded by spirit to write Leap to Freedom. So tell us a bit about that. Well, I was a bit of a bit resistant, Peter, but I'll tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had no intention of writing another book. The last one was enough. It took everything I had. <clears throat> but one day, while I was sitting on my living room floor, I got this inner command from the higher power or, or the muse, whatever we want to call it, to write on guilt. And I tried to ignore it, but its insistence was relent- relentless. It kept bothering me. It kept going at me. You know, it was like, ugh, like somebody was pulling my hair all the time. <laughs> So I drew up a proposal, which I hid away from myself, which is strange, but, you know, we do strange things sometimes. <laughs> it's funny how this, the, game, the mind plays games with, our, with us. But at the time, I felt that I wasn't willing to go through the grueling process of trying to get published and waiting for six months and, and sending it out everywhere. So a year later, I still had this proposal hidden. I moved to a different apartment, and the proposal resurfaced and kept popping up, even though I kept trying to hide it away. I nearly threw it out, but the thought to just send it to a publisher anyway came to me, so I tried to bargain with the divine and had said, if you want this out there, then you make it easy or I won't do it. I was getting, becoming quite firm here. So finally, I... I sent it out on a Sunday night to a UK publisher and then Monday morning I got a reply back from them so it was like overnight it wasn't a six month process so I took that as the sign yes do this complete the book and uh, and I'm glad I did it was probably it's one of the most profound journeys I've taken as of late so in, in writing the book about guilt uh, I guess you had to go into that for yourself first. I did, I did. I, uh, I've experienced guilt a lot in my life. I was brought up Catholic and I had a mom that was basically mistreated by nuns, so she used that guilt on, on me and so it became a part of me. It was a difficult thing to, to get rid of and I remember one time in Sunday school, I had to write an exam about God, and I had to say, I had to tell them in the exam what I thought, you know, God was, and, and to talk about myself as a sinner, 
And I, I remember writing, I was really young at the time, I remember writing saying how I didn't believe I was a sinner. I believed God loved us absolutely. And I wrote this beautiful essay. I just felt it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever written. And the nuns were so angry at me. They were, they were just furious. And, and they ripped it up and they said that I, you know, should be punished for writing such a thing. And, and it, I think that was the, the seed. I would say that's probably the seed that got me going. And then later on, I was going through some guilt in relationships and trying to sort through it. And I'd also experienced a number of enlightenment experiences prior to this experience. But I was still dealing with some of this guilt, even though I knew it wasn't real. At, in the enlightenment experience itself, it never is because you're absolutely free. But sometimes when you get back to the world, you know, it sort of hangs on a bit. And, but I had a dream, and that's what I start the book with. It's, it's sort of like a, a mystical experience and a dream at the same time. And it's quite a long dream, but I, I've kind of cut it down because I think it's an important thing to talk about this dream and, and what happened in it. So what it was, is I was playing wrestling with a friend in this dream. It was a dream. And I was wearing big boots. And I accidentally kicked him, and he fell into a pool of water. When I managed to pull him out, I realized that he was dead. This was, was in the dream. I panicked, and knowing that I would be found guilty of this, I buried him in a shallow grave. Now, I woke up in the morning in my regular, ordinary life in my apartment, but I was half still in the dream, and time had dissolved, and no boundaries existed between the past and the present. So I was in the dream, and yet I was still me, myself, in my ordinary clothes, I didn't even own big boots, in my apartment. I was very disoriented and terribly guilty, and I had, but I'd heard about these kinds of transcendental experiences, but because it happened so quickly, I didn't know what to do. So I spent hours trying to recall, who did I kill? Who did I kill in this dream? But unsuccessful, I couldn't figure out anything. I was just totally overwhelmed. I canceled my day and just prayed, please show me the truth of what, what to do here, what's happening. You know, and, and while I was doing that, I, I was going around the apartment, grabbing onto the bathroom sink to try to feel something solid. Well, finally I sat down and I fell into a deep meditation where I was catapulted in this meditation to another realm where I was met by a great divine force that showed me the truth. And it was as if I was looking down onto a stage of a play that had this dream that I'd just gone through replaying itself for me. I was shown that I was pure and innocent, and most, interesting, most interestingly, that this play didn't really happen. It was just a dream that this dream that I had with the big boots didn't really happen. It was just a dream. So there was never any question of my innocence. And then this divine presence showered me with incredible love, 
So I was up in this place that was quite amazing, up in this other realm that was, it felt like a, on the top of a mountain. And this divine presence was showering me with this love. It felt like there were a thousand angels around me. It was just phenomenal. phenomenal. As I kept viewing the images from the dream, though, I realized that this entire world which we live in and which we believe to be real was no different, that it too was a dream. So I had awakened from my nighttime dream, believing it to be true and real, while in it only to enter into my daytime dream, actually believing I was awake. And when in fact, this world that I thought to be reality was shown to be yet another dream. So I saw this world for what it was. It was like, from that perspective, it was like looking at a made-up child's game somehow, an illusion where all the characters take themselves to be real, knock each other down, and like cowboys and Indians, they get up and they move on to the next scene, and nothing's ever really wrong somehow or happened. I was waking up from this dream, though, that I thought was my life in that moment when I I looked down and I saw all this child game illusion going on. And I realized that the person that I thought I was didn't even exist. So the person in the dream that I had identified with was just a scripted character. So who I truly am is something far greater and all-encompassing was my realization. As I sat in this exalted place, I realized that nothing was real but this profound love. No judgment, no blame, no guilt of any kind existed here. Only oneness, only love. And this is where we truly live. And I've experienced it many, many times, but it was showing me that this dissolves the guilt. When we realize, when we go back to our oneness, then there's no guilt. And everything else is illusion, and it's based on these strange beliefs we have in separation and, and the accompanying guilt of having separated or believing that we have separated. And so all Deborah, of are coming. relevant only within the scripted dream. So, Deborah, we're actually up, up to our first break. So we're going to take that break and we can expand on your understanding of this guilt and the illusion of this world uh, when we return. Okay. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. There are a lot of questions about psychic reading and messages from beyond and what they say to us and about us. Join host Pat Nelson and Bryce Korzanowski for Illuminating You. 
Our program will answer many of the questions that you may have and others will have. Our guests discuss and share their personal stories of triumph over trauma. We'll talk about all aspects of healing, living as a part of nature, and other psychic and medium topics. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertung.com, where my September newsletter now is and all the archived radio shows and all the information about what we're up to. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com and our Ambassadors of Light program, assisting us in going on our own heart-centered journey. I have with me today Devra Laval, who's just put out her second book, which she was commanded to write by Spirit, called Leap to Freedom. And just before the break, Devra, you were talking about the illusion of separation. So please continue with that. Well, from this dream that I, I've been expressing, um, this everything I recognized is illusion, and it's based on these strange beliefs we have in separation and guilt. But outside of that, in, in this illusion, or inside of the illusion, it's, it's true there. But the real truth is we're loved unconditionally, and that guilt and sin do not even exist. So there's four things I took away from that particular dream. And these are the things that, you know, are, outline the book, basically. And the first one is I realize that the rules of our illusory world are very different from what is real. So this separation is very different from the truth. There is no separation. But what is real is spirit. And secondly, the truth as I experienced it is that we are loved beyond our limited forms more than we can possibly imagine. That's the truth. There is no separation in that truth. And three, we are with the divine source always. Even if we are feeling horrible, it doesn't matter. We're still with the divine source. We're just in the contracted form rather than the expanded form. In fact, we've never left, contrary to what our illusion would have us believe. And, the, and fourth, the physical world is like a dream. And just like in a dream, we do not do anything. In a dream, we're puppets being played. And just as a dream is illusory, our so-called reality is also a dream, and therefore guilt is unreal, as it can only exist within the illusion 
But within reality, which means truth, it is not real. There is no separation. And the moment I understood this, I had this amazing experience of these words that came through me and just said, you are forgiven, you are forgiven. It just reverberated through me and all the sins that I'd ever thought I had committed were cleansed. And so and I saw that, that at that, that level of truth, which is where we truly exist, there is no separation. And we're all made of the same substance. And hence, we're already one. So feeling that sense of having your sins cleansed, how did, how did that make you feel differently in this world? Well, I mean, these experiences are fantastic and, and wonderful, and they, they, the immensity of them pales after a while, of course. But something changes in you that you can never... Somehow you know that you take things lighter. You, you see that nothing really matters in the way we think. So the things that we make really important and real are kind of like uh, clouds in a way. They're not that real. And, and so you, you laugh more. You feel more, more able to see every person as divine, every person as love, because they are love. Even if they're uh, you know, like really difficult, and we all have really difficult people in our life, but their character, we, you see them as a character after a while because you recognize that we're scripted. And, and okay, so people come to you and it's like, okay, thank you God for coming to me in this form. A lot of the people that come to you in these difficult forms are there to teach you, so it, uh, if we can look at it with the lightness, that's, that makes the teaching that they're here to bring us a lot easier to swallow because we see that they're not separate from us. They are actually us. So to help people um, who are listening to the show, perhaps to make this a little bit more concrete for them, uh, in the book you talk, you talk about different types of guilt, three types of guilt. So perhaps you could just uh, explain what you mean by those types of guilt and what guilt is so that we can actually recognize it for what it is. Okay. Well, in my book, I talk about um, these three types of guilt. Um, and I talk about the psychological guilt. I talk about the existential guilt. And I talk about quantum guilt, which is what this book is all about, exploring uh, this quantum guilt. And this quantum guilt is this deep feeling of guilt and wrongness that we have in the mind, and it's because we believe we've separated from our source, and this guilt underlies all the other guilts. It's the guilt that makes us look out there and see duality. It's the guilt that makes war happen. It's the guilt that makes us believe we're unworthy. It's the guilt that, that creates all our problems in the world, basically, this unconscious metaphysical guilt. It's, I call it quantum because it's, you know, it is a quantum guilt as far as I'm concerned. And even though quantum means it's from the very smallest possible measurement, but it's become our largest problem because 
This guilt is because of the belief in the separation that we have. And you don't have to be religious or, or uh, spiritual even in order to be a part of this. It happens. You just have to look outside and you see somebody else. Therefore, there's duality. Therefore, you see separation. Uh, but if you're seeing with the eyes of love, if the eyes of non-duality, you see through that separation to something else. So even if somebody doesn't believe and doesn't practice this word God or whatever, it doesn't matter. As long as you're seeing through the eyes of separation, then you can learn from this guilt. So if this, this guilt is at the deepest core of our being and it's unconscious uh, and, it, and it runs all our sort of programs, how do we bring it into our awareness? Well, first of all, with this guilt, we have to recognize that everything, it comes, everything comes from this guilt. All of our problems, every time we're irritated, large or small, we're making a separation. So that every time we feel anything at all like that, we're, it's, it's the guilt. I've got some, uh, things that we can do here because it's based on belief that we're separate from each other what it does is it makes a person judge or harm others so we judge others we judge others we um and this way we miss the mark as buddhism says that's the way they describe quantum guilt we miss the mark and we make the error of believing in the wrong reality and that separation is real and true and that unity or oneness is a lie is what we believe, but the truth is we haven't separated. But what we do with it is we harm ourselves and each other. And then this guilt, this belief leads to the debilitating feelings of unworthiness, doubt, guilt, pride, anger, pretty much the darkness of the ages. I think it's important we, we really look at this before we really see what to do with it. And then we project our unconscious feeling onto others and then blame them for our discomfort or problems. So whatever we're, ha- we're not comfortable about, if we blame somebody else, then we're off the hook. We feel better. It wasn't us. It didn't come from us. And it, we'll put it on them. And so that's, what, that's the problem with unconscious guilt. If we don't take it in as our own and... And how we take it in as our own is we have to be able to not be in denial when it comes up so that when it surfaces, we have to know, oh, okay, this is mine. This is my guilt. This is my separation. This is my separation. This is where I've separated from myself and others and my source. And that's really important. It's it's to not deny it. And it sounds like, what do we do? What do? How do we not deny? Well, it's easy. You can just look, walk through your day, and you'll see so many opportunities that come your way to actually stop and go, ah, separation. And I recognize that I've separated from my source, and therefore I feel bad. But I haven't separated from my source. Never have. I, so when that happens, then you can forgive. 
start to forgive yourself. Like I have one part in the book called Quantum Forgiveness. And it takes quantum forgiveness to forgive quantum guilt because this guilt is so huge and so absolute, runs our whole life. And now the quantum forgiveness is not the kind of forgiveness that forgives just another person because it tends to be an ego relationship when that happens. One person's, you know, the bad guy and he needs, he needs forgiveness. But this kind of forgiveness is forgiving the separation itself so that we can begin to see the innocence in ourselves and each other. And I had a, an experience of that with, you know, with my own family. Um, my mom, in fact, she was quite difficult. And it took me many years to come to that place of being able to look over there and see that she was love and that all these things that I had so... I had blamed her for and been so angry with her for, I recognized was things that I'd been carrying forever within myself. And one day a light came to me. It just came out of nowhere. I don't know how that happened. But this light came and said, you're not close enough. You're not close enough to forgiving your mother. And I could see us standing far away from each other. And then... After a couple of weeks of contemplating this, I did this forgiveness where I just looked inside myself deeply and I said, okay, what is this? You know, what is this feeling I'm having? And instead of putting it on her, which I would have naturally done because it seemed like it was her fault that I felt so bad, I didn't put it on her. I took it back and I felt all the feelings of it. I felt all the pain. And then I looked over there and saw that it wasn't because of her, it was because of me. And so when I felt that, I was able to forgive her and see her innocence. And of course I cried and cried a lot because I was releasing so much of this old, old guilt that said you... I had to, you know, I think it was the humility part of it that was hard because I had to become really humble and know that I really had to eat it myself. It was mine and I had to forgive what I had been doing for all those years with my mom, which was placing it on her. And when I saw her innocence finally after many years, it, it, it did dissolve. I mean, she didn't change. I mean, she still says all the same things, but. What did change is that I recognize that I have to do that with everything and everybody so that every time I actually, you know, want to be mad at somebody or, or, you know, blame them for something, I have to go, okay, so what part of me is that? And in doing that, it makes it a lot easier. In fact, that's where the leap to freedom takes place because... so, Deborah, we're actually coming up to our next break. So okay. before you move on to that, let's uh, take that break, and then we'll leap to freedom when we come back. Okay. It's Peter Tong for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
health is in your hands. What you do and what you don't do sets the course for the path of your life. Listen for wise chats, simple talk, profound wisdom with Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Through this series, we'll explore energetic approaches to health and healing that provide practical and personal solutions. Our guests will share ideas and insights that will help us all adopt new behaviors and create lasting internal shifts. Wise Chats can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tongue and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just want to take this opportunity to thank uh, our sponsors for this series of shows. Sherry Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And also my engineer, Matt, who's my regular Wednesday noon man and my producer, Brandy, from Voice America for providing the opportunity for me to bring such great guests to you as we are today with Deborah Laval. Just before the break, Deborah was about to go into uh, the title of the book, Leap to Freedom. And I can assure I've read the book page, every single word, every, every page in the book. And I can, I can tell you that if you are able to understand and incorporate the wisdom of this book, it will be a leap to freedom for you. So, Deborah, do continue. Leap to Freedom. Well, yeah, regarding the book, Peter, uh, people that have read it, who read it with an open mind and open heart, that what happens to them is that they, it, well, it reaches inside them, they say, and, and it topples their illusions about reality, things that they had very, held very strongly within themselves. It, it topples it. It makes them think twice. And it's done this for, for many who have read it and they've experienced deep aha moments that verified for them how nothing in this world is more important than knowing who they really are. So all of the systems, whether they're political, religious, social, they have no power over our true self, our true sense of oneness and and connection to source. And now this is where the yoke of guilt is broken, when we recognize that we are free. 
because we realize that we're allowed to take a leap to freedom. And, and that's the big thing, the word allowed, because that's what stops. It's the greatest separator from our source, this guilt, because we don't feel that we're allowed to actually be free, allowed to be liberated. <clears throat> and when we feel then that we are allowed, we're un- we are unencumbered by the judgments, the fear, the guilt, and the beliefs in separation or duality. So we, we really get to see then that we've always been free and innocent. And when guilt disappears, all that's left is enlightenment. And for you, uh, having written the book and, and living your life in this way now, uh, how how do you actually shift from that old world, which which the programs uh, are sort of still there, at, but at, at a less intense level, but we're still living in this world, and most people don't know this. So how do you go about actually living day to day with this knowing uh, and still being in the world? Well, to be in the world, but not of it in, in a sense, it's it's... The best way to describe it is, it's very simple really at one level. It's almost like plugging into another socket. Because we plug in all the time to the socket which says separation and quantum guilt, separation and quantum guilt. So we get up and we plug in there. And it's why it's so simple. And taking a leap to freedom requires that we plug in to the correct socket. And it's that simple, and it's available for every single human being on the planet. And what all you have to do is, it's like moving a plant from one side of the room to another. It's not getting enough light over here, so let's put it over here. So when we have this quantum guilt come up, what we do is we have to go, okay, I'm not feeling good about myself. All right, I've got to move the plant to the other side of the room where there's light. So in, when we live in the world, it's like, no, this isn't the truth. I'm not feeling good. I'm not loving myself. I'm not loving others. Take a minute, find out what's going on inside, and, and take that plug. And when you finally start to recognize, oh, okay, so it's this this sense of, of feeling unworthy that I'm experiencing. Well, wait a minute. That's not the truth. And there's so many reasons that it's not the truth. And one of the reasons is like the Nirvana Sutras say, I'm not the doer of action. That's one of their... And Ramana Maharshi, a great master, has said that the force that brought you here knows every action your body needs to take and we'll see to it that it takes those actions. So who can be unworthy when there's a force that brought you here and knows every action the body needs to take? And we'll see to it that it takes those actions. And, and some people go, oh, yeah, but that's just the spiritual masters. But no, the scientists have been saying the same thing. Scientists David Hume and brain surgeon Benjamin Labette as, as well as many others say that it takes a split second for the brain to react and for the mind ego to take possession of the thought and claim it is my, my thought. So basically, it's already happened 
before you think you've, it's yours. So in other words, it's almost like having a deja vu. That's the closest I can come to describing it. It's like, you know, when you have that deja vu, you get this thought and then you go, oh, I just, I, knew, I saw that. I knew that was going to happen. Well, that's the same kind of idea that's happening all the time. It's already happened. And this is another reason that we can take a leap to freedom. And this is another way that we can live in the world. Because ultimately, we recognize that something much larger than us is scripting us. And in that way, there's a lot of peace. Because you can kind of just sit back and you recognize that it's all right. I'm I'm okay. And that... To me, especially for me, coming from the guilt background, it's so relaxing for me to just go, oh, it's okay, I'm okay the way I am. In fact, you start to enjoy the character you are. You know, things that you would, you know, in the past maybe really judge and go, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just a horrible person. Or You start to go, you know what, I'm kind of interesting. <laughs> And you so start this, to like this, yourself. It just happens naturally when you are able to to imbibe some of these understandings. You recognize that, wow, I'm I'm really okay. And that's when guilt comes to an end. So one of the uh, questions that brings into play is, is a massive uh, issue that you do uh, bring up in the book, which is the whole concept of free will. And many spiritual people have described planet Earth as the planet of free will. From what you've just said, though, that may not be the case, in fact. Well, <clears throat> when you come from that place of knowing you're absolutely loved, when you are able to relax within yourself in that way, then what happens is you can exercise, you, you naturally exercise free will. It's not like it's a. It's something that's like, oh, you have no free will. It's not like that. The free will is just, okay, I really want to do this, so I'm going to do that. But if it's not destined to be, it's not going to happen anyway. So in that way, there's, again, a deeper peace, because if it's already scripted, you can exercise as much free will as you want. And if it's, if it's in the design, if in the movie, in the script, then it will happen. And if it's not, I mean, we look at people that do the, say, millionaire workshops. And the guy that's doing the workshop, he's, he's rich. He's got the millions. He's figured out how to do it. But does every single person that does that workshop become a millionaire? No. Well, how come? They, they did all the things they were supposed to do. They did all the exercises. They took the courses. Well, it wasn't their destiny. And that's where, this is where the deepest peace and the real leap to freedom can come, is that we're, we are free. We are free to do whatever we want to do. But if it's not in our, our destiny, we won't, it just won't happen. So in some ways, this actually takes all the pressure off us from, from making this life happen, just to allowing it to un, un, unfold as we go. Well, that's the thing. You know, that's what unconscious guilt is, is that pressure. That pressure that says, I'm the doer and I got to do it. So in that way, there's all this com- competition. There's all this, um, well, war even. Like, look at what we're dealing with. I mean, this is that sense of, 
we have to be pushing, we have to be driving, and, and that creates problems. But if we recognize that, okay, we're not the doer of actions, but we're going to try anyway. We're going to do whatever we feel is the right thing to do. And if it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. And in that is great peace. And that's really where we find peace. Peace isn't found in the, in the struggle of the illusion. Peace is found in the surrender of ourselves to, to the, the game that we're here to play and the person that we're, we're here to be. You do a lovely little uh, picture, which I particularly enjoy in the book, which is the story of the uh, luxurious Rolls Royce. Just, just tell our listeners about that image. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this story of the Rolls Royce, I really like this this particular chapter because it's uh, it really talks about this. And let me find a page here. Um, Okay, here we go. It's called the May the Force Be With You. I really liked that idea of, you know, the force being with you. And what it is, is after you've let go of all the struggling, once you recognize that, yes, um, I'm not the doer of my actions, um, I'm, I'm oh, absolutely loved, what happens is, and this is where true peace begins. So it's it's not unlike sitting in the back seat of a luxurious Rolls Royce, and this Rolls Royce is being driven by an expert chauffeur. So this chauffeur is the one that scripted this, that knows exactly every action this body needs to take, and we just have to sit there and and let the movie unfold, and you can feel all of your burdens and guilt that you've been caring for eons dissolving when you allow this to happen. And it's a great image. So when you are really stressed, it's really great to just sit in the back seat of that Rolls Royce and just go, okay, I'm just going to let all these burdens and all this, all this stuff just dissolve from me. And, and you, you'll stop worrying and you'll trust again. And, you, and you'll be fe- feeling much freer. And all that neurotic perfectionism that we all have starts to melt away because it whatever actions you do will arise naturally and without any struggle and you won't be attached to the results and you'll see these actions unfolding effortlessly and because of that you'll make a better spouse which we all probably need to become (laughs) a parent a child a worker employer a friend we'll become better at everything because we'll just know that that person over there is playing their part beautifully. Just like with my mom, I recognized she had to play the channel of the darkness for me. And when we see that, we can actually really enjoy the people in our life much more, knowing that that's the character they have to play. And so our relationships change. So, Deborah, we're actually coming up to our final break, which we'll take at this point. It's Peter Tong for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. 
Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I have with me today Deborah Laval, whose uh, second book, Leap to Freedom, has just come out. I know that people who've had the oneness experience uh, have great difficulty putting into words what that experience is like. And through this book, Deborah has combined together her understanding of the guilt of separation and how when you merge into and become part of the oneness, that that is the actual reality and the truth of our lives, which we need to come to realize and, and, and live ultimately. And so I, I do strongly recommend the leap to freedom to you. And Deborah, thank you for having the ability to put this into words, which I know people struggle with. So, so let our listeners know how they can connect with you and or with the, the books that you've written. Okay. Um, I encourage uh, your listeners to sign up for my newsletter at DebraLaval.com. D-E-V-R-A-H-L-A-V-A-L because we're creating a gift page that we'll be giving to anyone buying a copy of the book or to whomever has always already purchased a copy. This gift page will consist of gifts including such things as MP3 recordings of songs, meditations, there will be e-books, a workshop, discounts, and more with a value of upwards of $1,000. So all you would need to do is to send me the purchase confirmation number to info at com, and we will in turn send you this gift page that contains the links to the sponsors who are donating their fabulous gifts. And this applies to all copies of Leap to Freedom, regardless of whether they were purchased from the local bookstore or online, amazon.com or CA. So finally, for anyone wishing to inquire working with me privately, I have only a limited number of openings and sessions are conducted over the phone. 
So if you're interested in scheduling an appointment, it's best to contact me again at info at com. Super, thank you. And this is challenging material that we're talking about. So I think in this last segment, it'd be great if we could in some ways summarize that. And, and the, I think the best way in the book, you talk about five ways to live from the high road. And I think that would summarize nicely what we have been talking about during the show today. So perhaps you could go over those five ways to live from the high road. Okay. All right. So I've got a number of ways to live from the high road, and I'm just looking at what they might be. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you are a mother, say, and your child is acting up on you, instead of being angry with the child, one of the things that you can do is you can see the innocence in that child and then return back to yourself and go, oh, okay, this child is just reflecting my upset. And in that way, it can really affect the world, not just your world, but the world, period. Because every time we do any kind of forgiveness and bringing it back to ourselves in this world, we actually touch others all over the world. And we don't know how we touch that, but we do. And also, another way to take the high road is um, we have to recognize that when we harm or hate another, we're only hating and harming ourselves. And any time you deprive someone of love, you're also uh, withholding that love from yourself. So that's really important. That's a really important way to take the high road. And there's another way, too, is that when you're really feeling separate from yourself, you'll you'll recognize that when you're really feeling separate, there's always a, I'm not good enough, this is not enough, I'm, I'm... I'm not worthy, I'm, any of those words, when you recognize that, you need to take it back to, wait a minute, that's a lie, that's not the truth. What the truth is, is that I'm absolutely divine, I'm completely one with my source, with myself. So when you do that, when you stop yourself right there, then you can plug into the right socket. And that's a really important way to go because it's something that you can just find a a plug in your wall and just take it out of the wall and plug it somewhere else so you can actually do a physical change from one part of the wall to the other. So you change that way. You go, no, I am divine. I am one with my source. I am love. And Deborah, when you do that, just in in the last minute or so we have, how does that feel when you do plug into the right socket, when you do join together with spirit, spirit and have that sense of oneness with love itself? How does that, how do you feel inside when you do that? When you're, when you're plugging into the right socket, you feel lighter, you feel happier. It's almost like this love streams through your body. You feel a sense of of one with the people around you. You see the good in them. You start to look at the dogs. You start to look at the flowers. You feel that you want to serve others. You feel 
that you really like what you are. You feel the sense of divinity in yourself, which means that power that we all are, always have been, and never have left, just reverberates through our whole body. And in that way, it's a certain devotion you feel. The devotion is is the kind of feeling where you just kind of want to get down on the sidewalk and, and worship everything. There's nothing like it. There's nothing in this world that can compare to that feeling when you plug into the right socket, the socket that says, I am love, I've never separated, nor is anybody else. We're all innocent. We're all one. We're all one substance and and therefore one with our source. So, Deborah, that's a wonderful place for us to finish, which we need to do. And I really appreciate uh, you tackling what is an incredibly challenging topic, and you've done a phenomenal job. So thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. This was lovely to do this. www.devralaval.com is the website for Deborah. And I didn't set this up this way, but uh, it's, it, the show sets itself up these days. I'm, I'm in the backseat of the Rolls Royce. And so next week, the show is Are You Happy Now? Question mark. Barbara Berger, who's also been on the show before, has written a really neat, simple 10 ways to reach the place that Deborah has explained so well to us today. So I hope you have a great week, and I hope you'll join me next week with Barbara. DevraLaval.com is uh, Devra's uh, website from today and the leap to freedom. I hope you'll all take it. Have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.